15 years in corporate, then said, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing, started his own company and merged it into Fresh Deal, which he owns now a little bit a little bit less than 50% of. Again, they're growing the company up in New York. I also have a team in Spain, launched in 2015, team of five right now. Uh, they raised about 250 grand so far, currently doing another round, raising about 1.5, helping 6,000 uh, companies right now using the platform for free. They've put about 100 million bucks in trade through the platform. The goal, basically decrease waste in this produce space. 40% goes totally to waste right now. And he thinks by building an end-to-end trading platform for this kind of things, we can get significantly more efficient, especially in this part of the supply chain. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jose Baptista. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Fresh Deal. And previously at Fruitspot, leading ag tech startups focused on the produce industry. He's built and led digital businesses worth over $2 billion for leading brands like P&G, Google, Nike, Coke, and Diego. I hope I said that right, Jose. Are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, did absolutely. I that, did I get that last brand right? Diageo. Diageo. Very good. All right. So tell us about the company. What's Fresh Deal doing? What's your business model? How do you make money? Yeah, forty uh, percent of everything planted, especially fruit and vegetable, is wasted. Never make, gets to a consumer. So Fresh Deal is basically a platform to enable or to make trade possible. Uh, one of the major reasons why things are wasted is basically uh, trade is not efficient. It's hard to connect. Uh, it's very uh, volatile. So Fresh Deal is basically a platform to connect and trade. And what's the now, revenue what, model? Yeah, we actually have a um, diversified revenue model. So we have a SaaS model, obviously. We have a membership. Um, and then on top of that, we have a, uh, a percentage of sales, especially for our secure payments. Uh, we have an ecosystem of partners that actually pay us affiliate fees. Uh, and the last one is actually we have high-touch services that our users pay us, basically back office. Yep. Does SaaS make up, call it more than 70% of the revenue? Well, right now we actually will start monetizing uh, after the summer. So okay. We actually haven't started. Got it. So pre-revenue at this point. Yep. On all channels or just on the SaaS channel? All of them. We've made a little bit of revenue on high touch services. Got it. Well, look, this is how most companies start. It's like an agency yeah. model first, right? So um, walk me, let's get more of the backstory here. Uh, when did you launch company? Uh, we've been uh, working on this book for about three years. Three. Okay. Now I have to ask the question. I mean, you must've raised capital or something. How have you paid yourself over three years with no revenue? Yeah. I mean, we bootstrapped for about a year and a half and then we raised uh, a quarter of a million uh, last year. Okay. And, and what were you able to show that enabled people to get confident to put in that money pre-revenue? What, like, what did you spend that first year and a half building? Uh, it was very interesting growth. Basically, we growth every we grew every six months. We doubled our user base. We currently have about six thousand companies uh, on the platform, but all free. Currently, all free. Yeah, and uh, we've enabled about a hundred million dollars in in trade 
or new business for them. Okay. And you haven't, so those revenue streams you just gave me like a hundred million in trade, if you took 2% of that, it's 2 million. You haven't, you haven't taken any of that. Why not? Uh, we actually learned the first year as part of what we did before uh, monetizing, we learned that users are very uh, adverse to actually uh, us taking a fee. So we actually uh, added a little bit of value with uh, safe payments, escrow, et cetera, to actually be able to take that fee. Got it. And what fee do you think you'll be able to take now moving forward? Uh, the fee will probably be somewhere around 5%. 5%. Okay, got it. And that's just a function of, again, the, the, the value-added services you've, you've coded into the platform. Exactly. Okay, good. What's the team size today? Uh, we actually have downsized. We had 10 people. Uh-huh. Most of them actually based in Valencia. We have two offices, New York and Valencia and Spain. Uh, now we are currently five. Five people. Okay, I was about to say, uh, 250 grand raise pre-revenue. If you want to stay afloat, you got to make some serious changes here. That must have been tough. Why? A lot of people make this mistake, by the way. They raise some capital, then they overhire, then they have to like go back down, which is painful. Walk me through some of those pain points. Why, you know, what would you have changed about your hiring in the first place? Yeah, uh, well, the first part, very interesting, is actually I merged with a competitor. So... Fruitspot was my original platform and actually merged with Fresh Steel. So that way we covered Europe and North America. I was North America. Uh, out of that, some of the talent was already in. Uh, and so we just kept going with that. Uh, if I actually could change some things, I would actually, I would have raised capital a little earlier to build a lot of team in North America, which is what we're doing right now. Well, if you don't want me asking, I mean, like, what the hell was merging? Were they both pre-revenue? Co- like, what was actually coming together? Yeah, basically, uh, I had the design and a very unique platform in terms of uh, the user experience. And they had, uh, they were actually about to close the round of funding. So it was a good- The 200, the 250. Yeah. Where are they today? Are they still active or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still a team. We actually, you know, uh, merged pretty well. How do you have the equity conversation? This is kind of a unique situation. Yeah, uh, it, it has been tough. We actually had to have some tough conversations, but- uh, basically, uh, we split it 50-50 in a way. Okay, so kind of their group, whether it was one founder or two or five, got 50%. Your group kind of got 50%, and then each side decided kind of who they would split that 50% amongst? Exactly. I see, I see. Now, you are sole founder on your side, right? I mean, you have 50% today of the bigger company? No, I have a little less because it was 50% of North American business. So it's about 25%. I see. I see. Okay. Interesting. And why go, I mean, why go through all this versus just launching your, just start your own company, start over, start a new idea. Uh, you mean first deal in, in total or the merger? Yeah. Well, yeah, you built all this thing up yourself and then you're saying, Hey, let's merge. They're about to close around the capital. So you're going to have other investors in the cap table. I mean, why not just keep doing your own thing? Why did you need to merge it? Uh, to me, one of the things that I've, this is my first entrepreneurial uh, project. It, it's lonely. <laughs> I needed a team. I actually worked with them for a few months before merging, and I was really convinced about how they thought. So I needed a team. I needed partners. Your ex, if you don't mind me asking, because I want to drill deeper on this, you're in a, such a unique spot. Um, your ex corporate, though, I mean, you had some big logos in your bio, right? So, I mean, is it true for me to say you're coming from a very safe six figure kind of salary in corporate, and this whole thing is like you're like a fish out of water a little bit? Uh, I don't feel like a fish out of water because, but, but I was maybe at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And yes, you're right. I was very corporate. Yeah. (laughs) It's always interesting. I I have found most of the people that are ex corporate tend to do things like what you did to minimize risk. Like, Oh, they're closing. They know the market. It's another international space. And they do these kinds of things versus people that like don't know any better. They just, 
they, they honestly just they do crazy shit. And the thing is, most times the crazy like either that stuff crashes and burns quickly, or that's the actual the next unicorn versus the ex corporate person guy or gal builds you know call it a ten twenty million dollar company, but it's kind of that's kind of where it gets like stuck at. Do you feel that you were uh, like your your experience in corporate made you less or you know likely to take risk? Um, I wouldn't necessarily put it that way, but definitely maybe a little bit more stubborn. At the beginning, I did not want to raise capital. I wanted to bootstrap it all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my thinking was if people in the fifties could just start a business without VCs, why couldn't I? Right? Yeah. And how do I'm asking how old you are? Uh, 36. So how many, how many years did you spend in corporate? Uh, about 15, 16. Okay. Yeah. So that's a long time. Right out of college. Yeah. 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 And are you married? No, I'm single. Okay. I was going to say, was there a, was there a significant other that had any kind of influence on, Hey baby, keep your job that pays the bills. No, I actually have a significant other. That's fantastic. She also has her own uh, startup. Oh, that's interesting. Good. So, so when you met, was she startup and you were corporate? No, she was actually, she's a performer. She's a dancer. Uh Uh, And then she's actually extended her business uh, here in New York to beyond performing. Were you with her though? When you went to the transition from corporate to startup? Yeah, she was very patient. <laughs> I was going to say, what did those dinner conversations sound like? What was her biggest fear for you, even if it wasn't your biggest fear? Uh, actually, she was very happy because, uh, you know, the last few months and my last job were a little uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. So she was happy to see that change. Uh, what do you mean by crazy? Uh, well, basically, the company I used to work at grew very rapidly. So it became a little tough to actually uh, manage projects and work, et cetera. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. What are next steps? I mean, how do you go from no revenue to your first million in ARR? Yeah. So basically right now we're raising about a million and a half. Okay. We already have have 20% uh, closed uh, at a 10 million valuation. Oh, great. The 250 was raised at uh, 3 million. So we've actually grown significantly in terms of uh, valuation. Yeah. And that's 10 million pre, right? Yeah. 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 And we're doing it as a convertible note. Um, and, uh, we've, it's interesting. The whole monetization conversation has kept us a little bit from actually closing rounds with VCs. So what we're going to do with that first investment is actually dedicated to monetize. So just to be clear, you've, you've established a convertible note that says, let us, we'll be able to raise up to 1.5 out of 10 cap. These are the terms. We're going to go ahead and close on the 20% right now, which was, it will be about 300, 400 grand. You're using that money to start monetization. And then you will let additional investors roll in two, three, five, six months down the line to fill out the one five. Yeah. The 20% is of, of the total raise. So it's not of the, of the valuation. Yeah, yeah, so 20, we, 20% of 1.5 is out 300. Yeah, sorry, we're raising a, a range. So it's about a million to 1.5. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, so you, you right now you have to call it two, between 200 and 400 in cash already committed. You're using that. We don't have it in cash yet. Got it. Uh, Will we it be getting signed? Uh, we are working on the term sheet this week. I was like, come on, you know, the number one rule in sales is I not know. a sale until the money is in the bank. We've actually had a pretty good relationship for the last few months and it's actually a strategic partner. Too. That's good. That's good. All right. And like, where will you spend that money? Is it on inside sales people? Is it something about onboarding to drive conversions up? How will that help with monetization directly? So one of the things that we've adjusted in our strategy is that we want to be an end-to-end platform. We don't want to be just a marketplace. So we're, we're going to use that money to actually, our strategy will be speed. So we need tech resources to actually be able to spit out features 
uh, and put it in front of users very quickly in a matter of weeks mm -hmm. at a time. Are you nervous raising at a $10 million valuation with, with, with no revenue? In other words, there's a real risk. You have to be able to grow into that valuation to raise additional capital. To be quite honest, I don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it makes it sounds like your other folks maybe are leading the raise because they did the first 250 too. So maybe it sounds like you're more of the kind of the vision, the strategy guy. Oh, actually, I'm the one leading, leading the raise this time. Why is that? Uh, location. Most of my partners are based in Spain. Uh, uh, and even though we have some interest from Germany and from Spain itself, uh, most of it is in New York right now. Yep. Yep. Interesting. That's where you live, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Let's wrap up here, Jose, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, the Art of War. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, Jeff Bezos always attracts me. Number three, how many, uh, sorry, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't have one up, up top of my head. Okay. And number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I, I have to get my eight hours. Eight. All right. And what's your situation? Uh, married, single kiddos? No, I don't have any kids. I have a significant other. Yeah. Pretty stable. Still good one. That's, she stuck with you through, through thick and thin. That's good. She definitely did. <laughs> All right. And how old are you? 31, you said? 36. Uh, 36. 36. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, that you can do things incrementally. You don't have to plan everything up ahead. Guys, you can do things incrementally. Remember that coming from Jose. Again, 15 years in corporate. Then said, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Started his own company and merged it into Fresh Deal, which he owns now a little bit a little bit less than 50% of. Again, they're growing the company up in New York. I also have a team in Spain. Launched in 2015. Team of five right now. Uh, they raised about 250 grand so far. Currently doing another round, raising about 1.5. Helping 6,000 uh, companies right now using the platform for free. They put about 100 million bucks in trade through the platform. The goal, basically, decrease waste in this produce space. 40% goes totally to waste right now. And he thinks by building an end-to-end -end trading platform for this kind of things, we can get significantly more efficient, especially in this part of the supply chain. So Jose, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.